Hello world and welcome to Notorious TOD. I'm your host John Bass. It's another hip hop forum, which means I'm joined by Cal and T. And just before I hit record, Cal gave the, the very best um, intro music I've ever heard. Um, which, you'll never, which you'll never hear, but essentially yeah. it was along the lines of It's the Cal and T show, yeah, with John Bass. <laughs> Words to those effects. So, you know, come and see. Fans and designers are the same as well. That's pretty good. That was pretty good. Yeah, it was all right, wasn't it? I thought I did pretty pretty good job. That was like a sample. You can use that. Cut that shit up. Uh, primo like stuff. Four set Yeah. yeah. I'm a, but the, the thing is, I'm a singer. You're a crooner. Oh, mate. There we go. That's, you, know, you get singers and then you get singers who can sing with soul. That's yeah. that's what I'm all about. Yeah. I'm living the life. How are we doing then, boys? All good? Yeah, man. Yeah, not, not yeah. bad. Not bad, man. Um, T, before we get started, we've had on, so we have like a, a shared group, don't we, that we can add notes to that like we put the topics on. And there's been a topic on pretty much since we first uh, came up with the idea of doing the Hip Hop Forum episodes. And we've never done it, so I thought we, we should finally get into it. Um, Hip Hop Orchestras. <laughs> T, no. floor is yours, my friend. They belong in the Hip Hop Room 101. You know, they, you know... What annoys me is what the advertising of them really. So, they'll advertise as misindication of Lauren Hill, small print orchestra. So, you know, what the fuck's that all about? You know, I've got to go there, stand around drinking some Baileys in, in Jazz Cafe, watching some middle class nonsense play bloody lost ones. Fuck off, Ben. <laughs> to be fair, I have been done so many times with nearly buying tickets for orchestra gigs. There's got to be some like legal recourse to not just put like the actual artist's original face or artwork on the yes. post. It's yes. so misleading. Yes, that was that was really bizarre. That time, that was how you got done that time, T. I remember. I know why you hate them so much because <laughs> I remember you messaging me with a. It was like a advertising of the Roots being in London. And I think it was like Jazz Cafe or something. It's like, oh, yeah, we've got to go. We've got to go. And I've gone, mate, that ain't real. Like, that's a fucking orchestra. And then you were seething, absolutely seething. And I think ever since then, you just hated them with passion. But, yeah, they had, like, one of the albums. Sorry, T. Sorry, go on, go on. Because they had, like, like John just said, they had, like, one of the album covers as, like, the way of advertising it. Yeah. so it looked like it was the roots, and then yeah, like like you guys said, like tiny little small print, fucking orchestra, like come on. Yeah, I mean, I've, 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 I think I was at a night where there was an orchestra playing and they're playing some biggie stuff, and um, I can get why it's a little bit different. But I mean, for example, I mean, a few couple of years ago, my mate went to see um, Goldie. What's Goldie's biggest album called? The one that's got Inner City Life on it. They basically performed that with an orchestra, but Goldie was there. Right. So it made sense. So stuff like that, I can kind of understand. I think Jay-Z played with a band, didn't he? Uh, Unplugged. Yeah, Yeah, Unplugged. So I kind of get that. But when you just got an orchestra just playing music, I'm like, well, I'm not into rock, I'm not into orchestras. So why am I going to watch someone play a dreary 10-minute version of, I don't know, X Factor? Mm. To be fair, that probably sounds good with an orchestra or X Factor. But no, just no. The thing is, right, I, I kind of, so I've been to a few. Um, luckily, the ones I've been to have been by artists that were dead, so I was very aware that they weren't performing live, you know. Like, <laughs> 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 I 
into a biggie one, which which was actually all right. So the, basically they had like a couple of different uh, rappers there and then obviously like an orchestra. Uh, and it was just a ready to die album. And it was quite cool, like hearing it live. And like I said, you're aware that it's not him. But but again, it's almost a little bit like you lose a little bit of the depth of just hearing the record. Like I would have just quite almost just like a listening party would have been quite fun. And the other ones that I've been to was a was a Jay Diller one. And oh, okay. in a way, that made much more sense because, like, as an artist, Diller was, like, more known for, obviously, his production and his music. So you kind of get this, like, uh, more interesting sound, the fact that it's an orchestra rather than uh, just, like, being played on record. So you got, like, another dimension to the music that he'd created. So that worked quite well. But I've been to, like, Wu-Tang ones. Again, it's just a bit weird. It's just, like, it's like hip-hop karaoke, but just mm. with a bigger budget. Mm. It's just a bit... Yeah, I, I, I just don't get it. I mean, um, even if you brought some local rappers in or local singers in to kind of do... I mean, I don't know if they actually do that. I've never been to one. I don't know if it's the case where they bring a local singer to kind of sing a hook or something and the orchestra carry on playing, but it's just so it's just so weird to me. I just don't yeah. get it. Just, I think it's because there's so many of them as well. Yeah, there's loads. And I think people have jumped on the bandwagon. And I think you're right. I think there's a lot of people get tricked into thinking it's a gig, like an intimate gig. And so they buy tickets. And I think a lot of people think it's an easy way to kind of, um, you know, make make some money and get ride a bit of a buzz. Um, but yeah, it's been on there for so long. I thought we've, we've got to we've got to talk about it. So I thought let's just let's just kick off with that. Um, but for the first sort of first main story for part one, I thought we'd get into something that's kind of quite recent. Obviously, we've had all these versus battles. Uh, of late so we've obviously had uh rizza versus premiere we had like timberland and swizzy now we're getting into kind of like rappers like uh debates so people are kind of saying oh this rapper against that rapper this would be interesting to see them hit for hit and uh french, french montana basically coming out saying he could go hit for hit against kendrick which on the surface seemed mental but uh it ended up being quite a big big debate for a little while didn't it see yeah, I think French Montana probably benefited more from that than anyone else did. He gave him a bit of traction. You know, his name is um, out there in the press. His name is out there on Twitter. But I think between the three of us, we could barely name three French Montana songs, and most of them feature other people. I think the biggest song I know of by him is um, one of Deflon Don, um, Hurting Me. But yeah. there's no competition <laughs> between between those two. And... Yeah, I think we need this lockdown to be over so these kind of things can stop happening. <laughs> Get in the bin. What do you think, Carl? <laughs> yeah, French, yeah, like T said, I, I couldn't name you a French Montana song that's like one on his project, like on his mixtape or his album. Like there's been plenty of um, songs that he's been on. He was on Stay Scheming, the Rick Ross song. Um, and it was I quite like that, but he didn't need to be on there at all. Um, and then there was a there was a Rick, a Rick Ross did another song with Puffy on it, and it was kind of like a Biggie cover, but it was really good. And uh, he was on that as well. And it's like, mate, you don't need to be here. Um, but Puffy just seems to have this way of getting French Montana onto loads of people's records to keep his name out there. But him as nice as shit, and he just gets in the way of actual good songs. Um, <laughs> so he's just and. And uh, this thing about hit for hit, like, why don't you just talk about the music? Why does it have to be a hit? Like, it's like you're adding you're adding something onto it because you know deep down, if we're just talking about the music, you can't compete. So you have to talk about hits because it's something that fucking teenage girls would talk about. Um, you're adding something on there because you know you can't compete. 
Yeah, uh, it's, it's a good point. And I've, I've thought about this like a lot with, with this kind of topic coming up and people talking about, oh, this guy would like smash that guy. And then people going, well, yeah, but then if you look at the record sales, this person beats that person. It's like, I don't really know. It's quite loose, isn't it? Like kind of what's the criteria for these battles? Is it just hard shit? Like, is this like, who's got, is it an actual battle is what I mean. Like in a yeah. sad bash, right? You wouldn't, you wouldn't play like tracks to the ones to be like, right, I'm just going to play the biggest selling hits of all time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what do would... they expect? Like when you're at home listening to the battle, watching the battle that you go on Wikipedia to see if it was a platinum record or not. Oh, well that one only did 1.5. Oh, well this one it did 750. It's like, it's just about what makes your fucking head knock. That's what these battles are supposed to be about. Exactly, mate. And that's what I find a bit weird about the whole thing, which is like, I don't really understand, you know, you, you can kind of take any metric or like any any kind of angle on these things and, and twist it to be like, this is the thing why I'm going to win. And it all just comes across to me as a bit cringe, to be honest. I think you're right, um, too, with what you said about, you know, the real winner here is, is French Montana in the sense of like, it's just good PR for him. Like Kendrick's sitting there going, well, this is mental. Like, I don't give a shit about this. Um, and we're now all talking about French Montana. So it's kind of... Wasn't- well, wasn't French Montana exposed for um, boosting the Spotify plays? I yeah. think a lot of people's accounts, a lot of people's accounts are getting hacked and they're playing his songs. <laughs> so, like he'll say, "I've got five million Spotify plays for this song," and it's, and he was, no, he's notorious for that. Jeez. Well, that makes it even more cringe, doesn't it? If that's like how how. That is the perfect summary of why hip hop is fucking lame now. Imagine, <laughs> like, imagine being in a scenario where, like, oh, I got beef. Why you got beef? Oh, because he's hacked into Spotify and he's uploading his own like plays. Like, fuck off, mate. Like, just can we not get back to just shooting each other over petty insults? There's much yeah. more. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, of people dying. Yeah, exactly. Much more, much more real. Yeah, I want someone um, to get stabbed at an award ceremony, not fucking hack each other's Spotify. It's exactly. fucking weird. I want, I want people's lives threatened. I don't want someone sitting just like leaving an album on repeat on Spotify to sleep. Like, shut your mouth. Yeah. Take a salad fork to the eye. Don't fucking hack into someone's fucking Tumblr account. You exactly. Tit. Losers. I, I want to see people, I want to see Vanilla Ice getting like hung over the balcony by his ankles. I don't want to see some twat on a hashtag and like, like tweeting threads. Shut your mouth. Um, <laughs> right. So these. <laughs> These verse battles have led to some pretty funny matchups. Um, we had a question from Flav, which is tied into this, because obviously there was um, French Montana talking about Kendrick, and there was also a suggested, I think it was from Ja Rule initially, yeah. talking about him, him versus 50 in a battle would be quite interesting. We had a, we had a question from Flav, and he, he basically says, uh, Veni Veti Vici was a great album. Ja Rule should be remembered for the good work he once did rather than the complete fucking wank puppet he became. Discuss. Um Cal, I'm going to start with you, mate. What um, what do you think about Ja Rule? Like his legacy is really weird because he did have a certain moment in hip hop, and then he went very poppy and very successful. But what is his legacy, mate? I think um, Jay Z summed his career up really, really quite well. Uh, it was on the Blueprint Free, um, and what was that song called on Blueprint Free? Um, Star is Born, and he said Rule had a run, couple movie parts. That's it. That's that's Jar Rule's career in a nutshell. Like he was cool. He had a run. Like I like some of his songs. He I liked um, what was it? Um, I like the Pain Is Love album. It was all right. He was kind of like an LL Cool J, Drake kind of did songs for the girls. Like I like those songs too. Like they're cool. Like, but like 
that's it. He had a run, couple movie parts. That's it. Like he he's fine. He's fine. I I don't know the the uh, Veni Vetti Vecchi album very well. I'm not going to pretend I do know it very well. Um, I knew the stuff that he did. You know, he did after when he became popular. He was fine, but then. Uh, Joel, uh, 50 Cent absolutely destroyed him, like in every sense, like lyrically. He just destroyed his whole career. Um, and Back Down was a great diss track. So um, he just destroyed him. And that was it. He had a run. He was cool. But now go away. Yeah. <laughs> What's your thoughts, mate? Um, well, Veni Fetivici, album was all right. I had Hollow Hollow on it, which is probably still his best song. But it was, a, it, as Cal said, he had a very good run from the late nights to the early noughties. And 50 Cent just kind of owned him. I mean, his legacy will be the Fire Festival and 50 Cent just pretty much ruining his life. But yeah. he, is, he is a credible MC once upon a time. But then he just had all the hits with um, Ashanti and, and all that lot. But yeah, it was just, hip-hop is one of those weird genres where... Um, we're going to talk about later on what makes a classic album. And... Um, there's so many artists who are in the same Mount Rushmore of hip hop, but they're probably not made that many classics between them all. So mm. it's a weird one. Yeah, it's weird. I think I think you, you boys have summed up really well. Like Ja Rule to me, I'll always just remember that kind of R and B crossover period he had when he was like on tracks with like Ashante, um, like Christine Millian, R. Kelly, like just Case. Yeah, exactly. J Lo, like just features of like r&b hip-hoppy tracks that were great yeah. for house parties when you're just you know trying to finger blast girls um you know it's the perfect perfect soundtrack to that that night so yeah, um, yeah it always have a little soft spot for me but but what's kind of interesting is it summed up perfectly like hip-hop was in a situation where people were like crossing over and then 50 cent mm. was kind of like the antidote and we spoke about it you know a couple of pods back uh, i think it was on a hip-hop forum episode about Griselda now bringing that more like just gully gutter shit back as a bit of an antidote to it, you know, hip hop kind of veering into a bit more poppy area, and that's kind of what Fifty did. And Jaru was just the the poster boy for for what had come before at that point, and he just decided going to make him a target and just fucking slap him down a few pegs. So, yeah, kind of, kind of, basically solidified his uh, legacy as just being smashed by Fifty Cent and then creating the shittest festival known to man. So. <laughs> Pretty, pretty good. What about, do you remember like a year or so ago when 50 Cent went on Groupon and bought like 200 tickets to his concert, so it was empty? <laughs> it was fucking amazing. That was incredible. That's one thing I really rate about 50 is like peak trolling. Like, I just love, I love this. So petty. Yeah. Oh, I love him. He's so petty. When he... He's not had a hit in years, but he's still kind of got the traction. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. He's like, he has really like maintained his like level of like, relevance probably the wrong word but like notoriety anyway like he's very much like still in the in the conversation around the kind of culture of hip-hop in the in the comedy side i mean i always thought it was hilarious and i know i know you're a big mayweather fan but i do find it fucking hilarious watching those clips back when he's like he's he's like floyd i'll give you a million dollars if you can read one chapter of harry potter (laughs) absolutely (laughs) goes in on him Oh man! The thing so... with the thing with Fifty Cent though, it just kind of indicates that hip hop is a means to an end mm-hmm. for, for for a lot of these rappers. So even Jay Z kind of retires, you know, goes to his old clothing range and stuff, and you know other business interests, and then comes back to it kind of thing. And Fifty Cent has like made millions and millions away from rap, so doesn't really need to rap anymore. 
but I don't fully get that in other genres, and it's this very weird place that hip hop has in the mainstream. Yeah, yeah, it does. Yeah, it does, and it's so, it's so competitive. So for someone like Ja Rule, who he doesn't have the ingenuity, he doesn't have the smarts to be able to recreate himself or to be able to to go into other areas like Jay-Z or like 50 Cent and and be able to recreate yourself he had to latch on to that fucking div that, to do the festival like that was his way of trying to stay relevant because he just doesn't have the smarts to do other things um, you know even if you lose a battle you can always rebuild yourself like Jay-Z lost you know arguably lost the battle with Nas the you know, public opinion was he lost oh, he rebuilt himself and he ended up you know he ended up being the, the king of New York for, for years to come and you can rebuild yourself but Jarrell was just never smart enough he just didn't have it because he had a he had a run that was it he just had a little run and that's all he ever was yeah mate spot on good stuff boys um just quickly as well want to touch on it i don't want to do like a big review but just um we, we did talk about it on some of the um previous pods but um our the rugged man we've had a, a couple of weeks now to kind of get through that album uh t i know you've been you've been listening to it um how you how you finding the album mate what, what's your thoughts um i think there's gonna be a new subgenre called boomer hip-hop but it's a slug off young people <laughs> you know um it's, but it's just so ridiculously talented and, you know, and I'd back him against anyone. It's just the the way he does his bars, the rhyme schemes, and it's just excellent. I felt that he did smother some of his good work with just constant moaning. I don't think it's as good as Legends Never Die, but I've only listened to the album from start to finish once, so I've only got on the first listen. I think Legends Never Die is a better album, but still, I think the I think the newer album by RS did has replay value, so still a good album. I'd yeah. say. Yeah. Yeah. Cal, what do you think, maybe giving it much of a listen, mate? Yeah, the, do you know what, T, you actually you actually took the words out of my mouth because last night I was sat in bed and I was obviously, you know, thinking about today's podcast. And I thought of what you would call his genre of music. It's boomer bap. It's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's a pod it title it, now. <laughs> that's it, it's boomer bap. It's you know, it's there's that the, the thing that stands out in that is when he's talk, he makes a, a Ronald Reagan reference and then says, oh, but you're too young to know that. And it's like, we have fucking Wikipedia, mate. We would know about that if we wanted to. Like, yeah, it was a shame, really, that he did that kind of stuff like throughout the album. But uh, like T said, he's fucking amazing rapper. And there was some some hints online that he was having a little poke at Eminem. And he's I would pick Eminem against most people. But I think R.A. the Rugged Man could be his kryptonite. Uh, he's so fucking good. He's got brilliant wordplay. He can do all kinds of different subjects and not sound corny. Like he's a ridiculously talented rapper. He makes he, he has the respect of the culture. The amount of really good guests on there. Although the poster did look proper boomerish because it was just all these fifty-year-old rappers on the poster. Um, but. <laughs> Uh, I would like to have seen him throw a bone to a younger guy other than Afro. It would have been nice to see him, you know, have another younger guy on there that could spit a bit. Um, but he's working with people that he admires and I, I can't blame him for it. And Cool G Rap absolutely smashed it on there as well. So it was good. I enjoyed it. Yeah. I, he, I mean... denied, he, he kind of denied taking a shot at Eminem. Not so much denied, but he just says, look, if you're going to ask me who's the best MC, I'm going to say it's me. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't a shot at Eminem because someone said that he bit um, Godzilla. Yeah, on one of his tracks. The flow wasn't but then he said the same flow or something. Then he said, you know, you can check the dates of the recording um, sessions, and it was before I'd even heard his run. So, 
you know, it's not a bite him. It's just basically having a go at Eminem's stands, really. And um, I think we'll have to talk about stands in a bit more depth on a future podcast because they're just so weird and a very weird part of hip hop, really. Yeah, definitely. That's a really interesting subject. Like more generally, we should definitely get into that because I find that like whole stand culture like a weird and also fascinating thing. Um, I think with the um, RA Rugman, I totally agree with all the points. Like he is technically um, just incredible. Like he's incredible. And actually, really, um, the boomer bap thing is is great. And I, I actually think that um, that's fine. Like I actually think it's in a way it's we've spoken about it before. You know, it's nice for these like legendary artists to kind of bring through the ne- next generation. I also think there's there's nothing wrong like in basically saying I'm better than you. Like get on my level and then I'll like include you, because that kind of keeps the spirit of you know the kind of um, the fighting spirit of what makes hip hop amazing. You know, rather than just rolling over like a good dog and being like, oh yeah, all these new rappers are great. If he doesn't think they're great, then I actually think it's quite good that he's like, fuck you, get on my level. However, Afro is crap. Thank you. Wow. Go on, go on, go on, Bass. Go on, Bass. I've, I've not really listened to much of his stuff, so Bass, I, I mean, I've always been to be decent. So I, I, I was, I come across the Afro story, which was that basically he put videos of him in line, like picking up like objects in his room and freestyling around them, right? Which is fine. Like I, I think there are a lot of people who can do that. He then also has this um, rapid flow thing, which is obviously like kind of a popular thing now. I know. Rugged Man himself has a fast flow technique, right? But his fast flow is is still uh, digestible. Like you can really understand what he's saying, and, it, and it's done sporadically to like exaggerate points and like to to build energy. Afro, everything he does is. I don't know what he's saying. <laughs> Nothing ever goes in. I, I don't know anything that he ever says. Uh, I just think he's shit. I think he's actually shit, and I think <laughs> he is. He is like got in with rugged man and i think in hindsight if he wasn't like rugged man's boy he would be one of the people getting shots on this album yeah there you go. so yeah um, the thing of the thing of hip the thing of hip-hop is not it's not a monolith it's not I mean, obviously people gatekeep for you know for things that they believe in mm. but you know if already rugged man has a right to say what he wants yeah, you know, of course, yeah. I mean, he has a right to say that you know the younger generation are you know aren't really respecting the culture, but cultures evolve, mm. you know. And um, you know, as I, as I said on previous pods, if if someone in their forties and fifties is calling me shit and I'm twenty years old, why would I care? You're not my target audience. I'm not trying to impress you. You know, it's like um, if Kendrick Lamar, if someone says, okay, not Kendrick Lamar, but someone says, um, I don't know, Rakim is shit, and they're into Little Uzi Vert, then. Why do you expect that opinion? They're two different ends of the of the spectrum. There was wasn't there. I, I I there was something about that around Grime recently, wasn't there? In terms so, of what? There was. They were basically. Oh, do you know what? I don't worry about it because I don't know anything about Grime. But there was some talk around. I think some of the newer Grime MCs were like, "We don't fuck with. You know, we don't care about A, B, and C. It doesn't mean anything to us." Um, I'll have Probably to find about out. Wiley. Yeah, it may have been. It may have been. Um, there was some talk around that, and I, I just think that when when older when older rappers do that, I think you just come across like a hater. Yeah, I think you just come across like a hater. It's just like you know these guys are popping, these guys are making money, and you just come across a bit bitter. It may not be that, but sometimes, sometimes I just think sometimes the perception is that. Yeah, I, I agree with that. It definitely comes off that way. I don't think that's always the intention. I genuinely like like someone like Rugged Man, who's like he cares about the craft. 
Uh, like I genuinely think he thinks you're just not very good. Like get better and respect the legends that came before you. If you look at any other genre, you know, most rock and roll bands that are like 20 years old, they'll go, oh yeah, fucking Rolling Stones, Guns N' Roses, whoever. They'll be like, oh, they're amazing. Like we like love them. They're our influences. You you won't find many 20 year old rappers who'll be like, yeah, cool G rap or yeah, Rakim, like they're incredible. It's not, I don't listen to them, but you know, I respect them. Like it just doesn't happen. I think that's a, it's a hip hop thing uh, rather than a youth culture thing. Cause I think it's like, think, yeah, go on, see. I just think of hip, I think of hip hop is such a young and when I say young, I'm not talking about like it was made in a service. It's, it's young in terms of it's very cyclical and it's very much in terms of, um, you know, what's in fashion. So, a 20-year-old ain't necessarily going to say, I like Cool G. They'll probably say, I like Jay-Z, because Jay-Z is more relevant now. Yeah. Um, they'll like, um, I don't know, someone like maybe Cameron. Like, listen to some of these podcasts, and they say, yeah, you know, I really, really loved Cameron. I really, really loved, um, I can't really think of another rapper off the top of my head, but like, people I just wouldn't really think about. So it's really odd. I mean, yeah. and I've got nieces and nephews who, when they're mid-20s, I'm teenager, and... Um, the stuff that they kind of um, held on to from our generation is very can be very odd. We rappers that we didn't really take that seriously and just think, like some people like someone like Kool G Rap, listening to him now with a fresh ear would be very interesting to see what people would really make of him because I think he's amazing. But mm. you know, an eighteen year old listening to him for the first time, they're thinking, well, what the fuck is this? Yeah, <laughs> I think you yeah, hip hop. Right? Say that again. I think you could do that with a lot of of hip hop. Like if you played, um, yeah, you know, I, I tell the story a couple of times on the pod. I played Wu Tang to a to a like twenty year old lad, and he it completely phased him. Like he was like, "What the fuck is that?" Like it sounds like recorded badly. Like it's not like like it's <laughs> fine. That. The bars are all right, but like it just sounds like it's been recorded in the next room. And I'm like, yeah, because he's grown up in a world where everything's been like the the baseline standard was Dre production, like that just perfectly crystal beautiful clean production is now what everyone has because it's all digital and it's all perfect but like most hip-hop's not like that most hip-hop is pretty rough and it's like sampled and you know you don't get this clear production so his ear was just like what the fuck is this shit like this is rubbish <laughs> i love that like, yeah exactly and I, that, and I, that I, is I, interesting yeah i wasn't even mad i was like yeah of course, of course, you think it's shit. And so when I, I said to him, I listened to Dre 2001, he got it. He liked it because he could, on a bass level, like just, and it's a bit of a cringe word now, but like sonically, he just it resonated with him much more than like, you know, yeah, boom bappy, yeah. gritty New York shit. So I get it, but there we go. All right, boys, well, look, I find, gonna, um, yeah, sorry, so go on. Go on. I find the uh, RB and soul, the stuff from the 80s, better for the kids. I mean, my kid is three years old and he plays. um. Bobby Brown, every little step about 20 times a day because he heard it once and he just plays that over and over again and um, other 80s R&B songs. Hip-hop's a little different. Yeah, true. I think, yeah, you're right. I think it's just like, again, it's that sonic thing, that sound thing, like it just translates a bit better maybe. Okay, so we were talking about uh, R.A. the Rugged Man, um, you know, fairly legendary uh, rapper himself. And we had a question that we put, well, we, we posed the topic about um, something to do with hip-hop legends. Uh, and we wanted to know, what were the worst songs from hip-hop legends? And actually, this was a pretty tough subject. Like, I was um, spending a lot of time trying to think about the answer to this one. 
Uh, Tia, I'm going to let you go first on this one, mate, because uh, I know that you found this this quite challenging as well. Sometimes, you know, because I kind of had a look at the running order in the last hours, and I thought, what stands out to me? And the one song that stood out to me was I Know What Girls Like by Jay-Z. And I don't know why I picked that song, because um, I've not heard it in about 20 years. <laughs> I just remember thinking, what the fuck is this garbage? And listening back to it, I thought, well, it's not as bad as I remembered, but that's the song that really sprang to mind. But when it comes to, I mean, for example, Nas, I've not listened to um, Hip Hop Is Dead or Street Disciple in a long, long time. Um, Biggie album since he died. So that's the one song that stood out to me. That's a good one. It's a good shout. And good. volume one, volume one, you know, Jay-Z volume one, it starts really well. A million, City is mine. It's like, right, okay, cool. And then that. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like, it doesn't fit. And it's just got Puffy all like, written all over it, hasn't it? I think Puffy produced it. I think he's a guest on it, isn't he? And it's, yeah, it's yeah. a good shout to um, Mine was um, Player Hater by Notorious B.I.G. I hated that. <laughs> really didn't like it it just i really like life life after death i probably prefer it to ready to die and it's i hated that fucking song though well i'm gonna uh make it a clean sweep for new york and actually two for the same artist jay-z yeah. uh anything i fucking hate that <laughs> because there's a couple of reasons one it is just a blatant like remake essentially of hard not life but not right. as good Yes. You know, like, oh shit! Uh, yes, I remember what you meant. Yes. It's just hard not life again. Just yeah. it's fucking. Did Busta Rhymes do something along those lines? Who's there, there's a trend of these guys, Busta Rhymes. There's a, just a trend of rappers doing these kind of musicals. Exactly. Right. What, what was the other one? What was the other one? There's obviously you know Nas did um, I know I can, which is yeah. I know it's not musical, but it's similar. Yeah. 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 And so, yeah, it's like, because obviously we've always had like pitched up samples, but it's like, yeah, this particular type, yeah, kind of musically school kids in a playground type hole in the wall kind of vocal thing. Um, and yeah, it's just, it's just really cringe. Like it's crap. Like Hard Not Life is fucking gully. Like mm. when the bass line comes in and like, it's just, it's great. But I hated it at the time. Yeah. I fucking hated it. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's another one of those, though, where, like, uh, I loved it. Then I was like, when I got older and started getting into, like, a more broader hip-hop, I was like, oh, actually, that is fucking cringe. And then when his catalogue came back onto Spotify, it just came on. I just literally had, like, just a massive playlist and just came on. And I was like, actually, this is great. I quite like this again. <laughs> um, but, yeah, anything is fucking pony. Um, not, not a fan of that. What album is that? Is that volume three? I think, yeah, I think so. Um Good research again. Again, um. <laughs> I think it's on volume three, but I don't think it's on the version I've got. Thank fuck. Yeah, yeah just... player hater. That was my one player hater. Fair. All right. Well, that was nice and easy. Um, I would actually like to know other people's like uh, most hated songs by like legendary artists. So if you want to, it's on, it's on, it's on a grey album, volume three. Laughing times of Carter. Yeah. Yeah. It's not on the version I've got. It's not the version I've got either, but I think it's like a bonus track. Yeah. It's on Spotify, so that's how I found it. Yeah, you dodged the bullet there, boys. Um, Utter shit. So, yeah. Result. Um, All right, well, let's let's move on to um, to the next thing. Um, It's 25th anniversary of The Infamous. So, 
let's just talk quite generally because I'm thinking. So we've we've done this as a, a kind of standalone episode before, but what I'm thinking is like it's quite nice sometimes to like do some of these albums again, like in a different way, and like kind of talk about them in a different way. So we might do them as like the infamous and then the remix. So we look at an album we've perhaps covered before, but look at it slightly differently. So maybe we do that. But just generally, uh, Cal, what are your thoughts on the Infamous, mate, as an album, and and just generally, it's like impact on hip hop twenty five year anniversary. Just just from a personal standpoint, um, when I was growing up, I was obviously a shiny suit guy, and um, but my cousin was really into like Wu Tang, Wu Tang, and Queensbridge, like mob deep and shit like that so it was something i was introduced to quite early and it's it's just such an important album and it's yeah it's it's so important it's it was really it was something that really introduced me to to prodigy and you know even though i wasn't a massive massive fan at the start by by the time my, you know i got old enough he was in my top five and he probably said he's my top five favorite rappers prodigy he's just such an amazing rapper it was such a good album and the pair of them are just so ridiculously talented you know havoc as an mc is underrated um and and obviously he's a producer as well and then i think did prodigy he did some of the did some beats as well didn't he i don't know if he did it on this album but no. he has done yeah he has done bits and pieces for sure yeah but then no special album special yeah t thoughts on that mate mm. I was aged really well. Um, a seminal album in in the annals of hip hop, I'd say. Um, initially, I didn't really get in. I didn't really play it much because it's not like now where on Spotify you can hear everything. The world is your music library. Back then, if no one gave you the mixed, gave you the tape, or if you didn't buy the album, you just didn't hear it. But I think I for an Eye appeared on a mixtape, and you know the Nas verse was amazing. The yeah. Raycon verse is amazing. I thought, fuck it, this album's amazing. So I kind of got into the album and just fell in love with it, really. And it's aged brilliantly. I think the beauty of the anniversary, which was a week ago, was that there are younger people as well. You know, not just people in their, people in their 20s who fucking love the album. I think it shook ones that beat. Was it an 8 Mile? Did yeah, they feast all over that an 8 Mile? Yeah, yeah, yeah so... Yeah. That brought to a younger generation, and all generations at least appreciate that song. But I think I think I saw a tweet the other day. Um, like what modern what modern rappers or rappers who you know been around since the album was out would you have on you know doing a cover version of the album? Is that the next trend? A cover version of an album? Wow. Well, so use the instrumentals and then just like create new songs. Do your or... own thing. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if any of our listeners have heard of um, the Easy All Stars, but they're a reggae band and they do covers of albums. So they do like Radiohead, OK Computer, loads of Beatles stuff. So maybe one day there might be a cover version of an album like the best eleven rappers of the, or the best ten rappers of today do um, Illmatic. Fuck, that would be amazing! What a concept! That'd be incredible. There was a um, uh, Straight Out Compton, NWA. Uh, yeah. After ten years, they did a tenth anniversary like special edition, and it was kind of like what you just you described, like a cover album. Like they did the songs, but then other rappers would rap instead. So like, yeah. uh, fuck the police had like Bone Thugs and Harmony on it. Dub C, it was all West Coast rappers, and Snoop Dogg was on Bone it. Bone Thugs Chicago, by the way. Sorry, Bone Thugs are from the West Coast. No. no. Um, but they, you know, they went to, they ended up like settling in Oakland, didn't they? Um, there it is. On... Yeah, but thanks for that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that I was, uh... I'd be a prick. <laughs> <laughs> but 
but yeah, that, anyway, that's all I was saying was that they there was an album like that, NWA 10th anniversary special. And the reason I know that is because I bought it by accident, thinking it was the real album. Orchestras! Orchestras again! Orchestras again! <laughs> These fucking orchestra people, get your own music, play Mozart, fuck off. Exactly, exactly. Do you know what I like as well? I like the fact that we, we never do any research, and then when we do it, we only use it to mug each other off at opportune <laughs> times. <laughs> you know they're not only from the west coast don't you no, they're from chicago come on <laughs> fucking mug it's like way of the dragon <laughs> <That's it. laughs> yeah, fuck's sake <laughs> gotta go one day fuck's Never. sake one you know, day the thing is right don't you i've only seen the office once but i know all of it now because of you two Especially T, because every day I've known him, and I've known him a long time now, he has to fucking quote it at least once. He's like me with coming to America. It's just constant. Sick of it. Not, not a happy home life. Um, you've just got to get get with the programme. It's the greatest show of all time. It's, it's informed the way I've spoken for half my life, so you need to grow up. Yeah. Uh, all right, cool. Let's, um, so, obviously... Um, the infamous is fair to say uh, again. Echo it for you boys are selling the album. Absolutely phenomenal. Um, yeah, they're just like it's just such a great album. It's it's the sound of New York to me, and like it informed so many other albums. Like after that, it would set the benchmark for a lot of albums. And like T said, it's aged so well. Like listening back to it, it's fucking amazing. Um, and the sound quality in it is very good as well. Yeah, I've always I noticed that at the time. It's not obviously you said the Wu Tang sound had a kind of um almost punk set up but the mob deep the album's very well produced for sure and like the, sound, yeah. the production on the album in terms of like the um shook ones beat and you know some of the other beats on there the actual production of those beats is quite legendary um in terms of like you know q-tips input actually on that album is, is quite underrated so q-tip basically reworked a lot of the um instrumentals so he did a lot of work on the drums basically for uh, survival of the fittest for example um so that sounded quite different like all the melody and the, the sample and stuff was there but he basically like worked on creating the bit the beats and making them just kick and hit a little bit harder and if you actually listen to like mob deep stuff in general obviously havoc kind of learned something there maybe that's a little bit harsh on havoc but he kind of obviously was uh, quite close with Q-Tip and I think that they kind of almost developed that mob deep sound and they have that kind of like that snare that just like really fucking hits loud and hard and I think that kind of was built out of Q-Tip reworking that uh, instrumental. So I thought, what, what do you think of Q- going to say, what do you think of Q-Tip's verse on Drink Away the Pain is quite clever actually. I think it's about E&J did a bit of a wordplay on that. Well, I, th- I think that uh, Drink Away the Pain is one of the most underrated tracks on the album. Like yeah. I think it's amazing. Like the even the, the instrumental again, like little horn section. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's like it's. I mean, Q-Tip's weird, isn't it? Like he's still a little bit underrated. I think like he's, like he's absolutely incredible. Like on his own, what he's done with Tribe, but then you realise his like impact on what he's done for other acts and like as a producer and also as a featured artist. Like yeah, yeah. The guy's amazing, and he's amazing on that album. Um, <laughs> So yeah, could talk about that album all day and we probably will do like a remix, um, like the infamous album remix. We'll do another episode on that same album. Just talk about it in a bit more detail. Um, that is obviously a classic album, but what do we mean by that? Like you hear it all the time, especially in hip hop. Like, oh, it's a classic. This is a classic. Nowadays, it seems like things come out and within like a day, that's classic. Um, 
what's the criteria for a classic album, Cal? Like, well, I think we need to nail this down, mate. What, what, what is it for you when people say classic album? I, it's, it's an interesting one, isn't it? And I, I think back in the day, it was always... You know, if you come up with Source Magazine and Five Mike, and that was a classic, and to to do a Five Mike album, you every song had to hit. Like there couldn't really be anything you'd skip. Um, but I'm not sure that's true. I'm not sure that's really really true oh. about. But uh, that was kind of what the criteria was. Everything had to be a banger. You couldn't skip anything. It was really really particular the criteria around it. I think for me, I think. It has to stand the test of time. Do you listen to it in five years? Yeah. Are you listening to it in 10 years, 20 years? I think that's what defines a classic album. It's longevity and time being timeless. I think that's that's the criteria for me. Yeah, good shout. T, what about you, mate? It's, it's a difficult one because um, you kind of think, no. I mean, what I'd written down was no skips, timeless, captivates people at the time and thereafter. And... It kind of links on to what, what the infamous album was. I mean, it's it's a very gritty album, but 25 years later, we still kind of talk about it and this, and the themes are still part of everyday life for, for a lot of people. And But these days, albums are so disposable. I've only listened to R.A. the Rugged Man album once. I've only listened to the West Side Gun album once. And people are in, on some corner of the internet, probably someone would call those albums classics, and... I think these albums are so disposable, they don't get a chance to be classics. There's so many good albums that have been made over the last 10 years. And I feel maybe if they were given more time to kind of breathe and shine and people take, take in the different layers to the album, maybe they'd be classics too. It's, it's a difficult one, but <clears throat> I would say it captivates people at the time. But I think it takes a year or two minimum for an album to be a classic for me. To be defined as such, yeah, I think that's a that's a fair point. I think, um, yeah, what you boys have have said, I pretty much agree with. I think that the time aspect is like the most crucial thing um, in terms of like how we consider classic albums, because there are some that are now quote unquote considered classics, and at the time they weren't five mic'd albums, but they've like grown with age and people have like come to to love them, and they've now classed as that. But I totally agree with what you've just said, T. I think it's really hard, and I'm so guilty of it. It's, I'm re- it's really hard for albums now where there's so much um, material out there. Every day there's like projects from like good artists being dropped, and it's so hard to like pay attention. Whereas, you know, early in the scene, you know, there's like three or four landmark albums in a year and that everyone remembers and talks about. And I wonder if, if you actually looked at what was released there, like what the ratio was, like were there you know 400 albums let's say released in that year and for every 100 albums there was like one that was great well you could times that by 10 probably now like there there are hundreds and hundreds of albums a week available i'm not talking about like signed artists i'm just saying just generally like there are soundcloud artists there are you know signed artists there are independent artists like there's huge amounts of material so you're constantly fighting for you know exposure whereas you know in the 90s in the quote-unquote golden era you would have just stood out like people would have built up to releases and people would have been talking about them and there were there was more hype around projects and also because it was like a new burgeoning scene still it was like still quite exciting it was finding its feet it's a little bit like you know the early eras of like grime going from garage to grime and mcs would just be like performing live and release the odd like white label and then all of a sudden it's like dizzy's got an album like an album like what why is he like 
And so people remember it because it was like, oh, he's actually made an album and it was a big moment. And then, you know, when you started getting other grime artists like Kano started doing an album, Wiley, etc., you kind of actually felt like these are landmark stuff. Now, there's loads of grime artists who put albums out, but you don't notice it as much because it's like saturated. And it's exactly the same thing, I think, with hip hop. So I think there's, there's so much there's so much FOMO now as well. I mean, I don't know, maybe I could have put down all these other albums and listened to and focused on one album and listened to it over and over again and really absorb it and take it in. Um, Sky Zoo released an, e- uh, an EP the other day, six track EP. And I've tried to try to do that with that. I'm trying to like go back to the album over and over again and take in the bar, taking the wordplay. But one, I don't have as much time, and two, there's just other stuff being released that I want to hear as well. So it's, it's nuts these days. Yeah, and it's it's about it's so accessible now, music, because it's all online. If you're a streamer guy, then you'll everything will be on Spotify that day or Apple Music, or if you're a guy that fucking bootlegs everything, you can get everything on whatever site it is that you get it from. Whereas in our day, you know, I don't want to sound like fucking R.A. the Rugged Man here, but, you know, it's... You ha- you you saved your money or whatever, or you got your money, you bought your CD, you didn't have the money to go and buy another fucking 20 CDs, That was those were your CDs for the next couple of months. So that's what you were rinsing it because of that. Whereas now it's like everything's so accessible and there's so much good music out there and the internet makes the world such a small place you're recommended music all the time you you know fuck me the amount of good music that, that passes us all by because of that you know yeah, yeah. Um, i find when i do my album of the year list the next year six seven months in i'm finding albums that i probably would have put in the previous year's list it's it's insane mm. yeah it is mad it's, it's like it's such a difficult thing. So for artists, like it's great because it's like so many platforms and places to put your music in and get discovered. But you're fighting against so much more competition now, so it's, yeah. it's really hard. And for the listener, it's like it's just hard to find those, you know, those new little you know classics and stuff that you like. You kind of wade through so much stuff. So yeah, it's difficult for sure. Right, straight into this, boys. We've had this one on there for a little while as well. Favorite storytelling songs. Now I'm gonna um, I'm gonna set this off because I don't think I, that we'll have the same ones on air. But I was thinking about this and I was thinking like, okay, when I think about storytelling songs, the first thing that popped into my head and uh, was was Slick Rick children's story, right? And I yeah, thought that as well, yeah. Yeah, and I was like, Slick Rick's like pretty much known for like storytelling. That's his kind of his thing and he's really good at that kind of conversational type stuff. So I thought, right, okay, dig a dig a layer into it. So I just had a little look at kind of like artists that I listen to, albums that I listen to a lot and what were the best storytelling tracks on there. And I came up with with three basically. Um Testify by Common. Oh, it's a good one. Which is on B, which is obviously like the whole idea of almost like a courtroom drama, like playing out, like verse to verse. Uh, and it works beautifully with the sample. It's Kanye production. Like you can, you can kind of get lost in the instrument, like instrumental, because it's just fucking flames. Um, but it's yeah, really good storytelling route. Then uh, Big L the heist, which is about essentially a heist that goes wrong. And again, like classic wordplay from Big L. But this is like a lot more storytelling. And actually, like uh, I know we kind of like joke about it, but obviously he's like punchline rapper but this is actually shows his range because it's a lot more storytelling it's great and then talking about the infamous the 25th anniversary um on both the infamous and then also on um, hell on earth trife life and more trife life which again is just like um 
prodigy pretty much talking through a kind of a story of you know a setup and shit going wrong and stuff happening uh kind of behind the scenes on like a friendship group this is really uh those three i just think are amazing if you if you haven't heard any of them just really if you sit back and really listen to the stories they're incredible um so yeah so that would be my three boys um cal what about you mate uh oh, I'm, i've couldn't breathe a sigh of relief because i thought you was going to pick my one uh but um meet the parents by jay-z right uh, it's so good it's so good um it's not something that he was really known for doing storytelling and stuff but blueprint two that it wasn't his best album um but on the, the second the second disc it's the you don't know remix and then followed by meet the parents is straight after that and it fucking bangs it's such a cool story as well um i was just looking at it there was another one which is it's a little bit a little bit out there and i you know i do hate on eminem a lot there's obviously stan but i wasn't gonna say stan uh he did a follow-up to stan on uh marshall mavers lp2 uh and it was i think it was called bad man i think it was called uh i've lost it i think it was called bad man or something, but it was like a follow-up to stan uh, and it was quite clever because it took you about a minute to realize that that's what he, that that's what it was, that it was a follow up to Stan. So it was really, really quite clever. Um, and then um, I think the third one, what was the third one? I had it a minute ago in front of me. Um, there's obviously I'm not going to say, you know, I won't say my third one because I think T might say it. So I'll pass it over to you, T. What's that? One night. Oh no! I, no, I remembered it now. It's uh, wonder why on. they call wonder why they call you bitch by Tupac, on All Eyes <laughs> on Me disc two, and it's just about a girl that's kind of gone off the gone off the tracks kind of thing. I really really like that one. Well, the ones I've got, um, there's two from the same album, Midnight Marauders, Trapboard Quest, mm-hmm. um, a million and one stories by right. Five. It's mainly Five Dog and Sucker N Word by Q Tip. Um, basically. The 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 sucker track is basically him not using the n word anymore. It's just interesting. I think around the time he's kind of converting to Islam, mm. and he just talked about the battle. Just you know, the word just pours out of his mouth, and he's just talking about the battles of him not saying it. Um, I gave you power, Nas. That's when he's a gun. Yeah. I think that's a very story, very well told, and an album that's been spoken about on Notorious P.O.D. A Grand Don't Come for Free. Maybe not be. May not be proper hip hop, but it tells a great story in the entire it's album. It's a great so, story. Yeah, it's a great story. Such a great album. That you did a pod on that, didn't you, Bass? Yeah, mate, with Genesis Elijah. Yeah. Um, great, great shout to and um, boys. Great, great selections there. Um, Cal, I will say though, Meet the Parents um, yeah. really, really reminds me of that um, video clip about that Irish guy who's talking about being in a pub and getting in a fight with this guy and then they're having a standoff and he's going, you my father, you might, you might be my father. <laughs> and, then, and then he goes, and then he goes, but in the end, I just headbutted him and, t- and told him to go away. Turns out we weren't yes, related at all. I remember that. <laughs> I'm surprised. Um, I'm surprised none of us said dance with the devil by mortal technique. Yeah. Because, oh God. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. a brilliant story. I see so many memes about mortal technique, you know, where, We've got some suburban white persons here. This is a, this is Immortal Technique's biggest fan. But the revolutionary albums are fucking brilliant. I don't care. I'm sorry. I'm going to say it. Those two albums are brilliant. All right, neckbeard. Don't care. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, we had we had Tony D on the um, 
on the Illmatic episode, and obviously he was yes. talking about his uh, his kind of lack of love for Immortal Technique, and and, um, really? and consequently, really? consequently, Flav's love for him. Um, and so when when Flav posted um, about Ja Rule, <laughs> basically Tony D was just like. Immortal Technique and now Ja Rule and then just like a Steve Harvey head nod like <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah I, I, I mean I've never been a big fan of Immortal Technique I also don't dislike him I just I just never it's just never really resonated with me just, ne- just never got into him but um, yeah he's alright he's alright but that is a good song I'll, I agree with that um, alright well, we've got some we got some listener questions to get through. Again, thanks for all the questions. Really appreciate it. Um, we always try and answer all of them. So let's let's get started. This was a great question from uh, Mr. Underscore SWP on Twitter. He asks, uh, best R&B feature on a hip-hop artist and vice versa. So essentially, like R&B singers on hip-hop tracks or rappers on R&B tracks. Um, T, let's start with you, mate. What have, what have you got? Okay, I've got some in down. Um, Mary J. Blige, Can't Knock the Hustle. Yeah. Um, yeah. One more chance remix by Biggie. I think it's Faith Evans who sings on that. Yeah. And Mary J. Body sings in a bit as well. Um, Prodigy raps on "It's Over Now" by One Twelve, and that's a remix of that as well. Yeah. A little-known favorite of mine, which you will probably never ever hear. Um, Montel Jordan did a song called "Something for the Honeys" of his first oh, album, and the remix he has. Yes, he did. And the remix has um, Redman, and it's one of the Redman's best ever verses. It was, I fucking loved it. I found a download of it on LimeWire and I thought I'd, gone to, I thought I'd died and gone to heaven when I found it. So those are the ones I'd say. Great. Good choices. I love Something for the Honeys is, is um, one of Montel Jordan's best tracks, much better than the, the ones that everyone loves. This is how we do it. It's much better than that. Um, Cal, go on, mate. I remember it's just, the Montel Jordan mentions made me... Do you remember Kiss used to bring out those CDs and then... Um... They brought out Let's Get It On Tonight, but with LL Cool J doing verses on it. Yes, yes. And I remember hearing that, thinking, oh, yeah, this is cool. Like, you know, oh, it's got a rapper on it. Um, best R&B song with a rapper on you it. You know what? I've got, I've got to point this out, that Mont or Jordan version of Get It On Tonight wasn't the original version. I have to say this, because as an R&B head, I've got to point out. But go, go on, on. Well, 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 that was... There's, there's, a bloke called Derek, there's a bloke called Derek Dimitri who released the song first. Okay. And I think Mont or Jordan must have taken it on and you know made it a proper hit but the guy called Derek Dimitri um not his R&B heads I got you man I got you mate, is that, it because that's mate. interesting yeah that's interesting is it because Derek Dimitri's trash <laughs> well I, 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 I never I never heard from him again but he took the song but cause I heard the, the song was like a club hit it's like um I mean these days apparently there's like underground R&B raves all over the gaff and they play like little known independent R&B songs and they still play them to this day and back then it was the same thing and Derek Dimitri was like, it's almost like a white label type thing. You'd hear the song. So when I heard Montel Jordan do it, I was like, fuck, that's, that's Derek Dimitri. But yeah, banging song. And I remember the LL Cool J verse. Yeah. Absolute yeah. bang. I think, yeah, the first R&B song I liked with rappers on it was Only You Remix with Mace and Biggie. Um, that's a great show. Yeah. Yeah. That was just such, such a good record. And even like R&B singers today will do like versions of that i think um um fuck who's that guy from la uh the singer guy from la um ty dollar sign he did a version like a version of that with yg um that was really good um like took the beat and or took the same sample as that as well and (laughs) do you know what when when i saw the fun about rapper with an r&b singer and i was like 
Well, to be fair, fucking you tonight with R. Kelly banged. Like, I can't hate on it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like the one fucking R. Kelly song I let myself still listen to because it's got Biggie mystical on it. Mystical and stutter. We're going to go problematic, people. It's got to be mystical and stutter by Joe. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The double take remix. Yeah. <laughs> that proper banged as well. That was a banger. Um, I'd also say, like, Satisfy You, R. Kelly and Puffy. It's also. Yeah. Yeah, go on. Let's just go for it. Let's yeah, f- I always prom- I've been promising the girls at work an R, uh, an R. Kelly day where we just play all of R. Kelly's songs and just get him out of our life forever. One more yeah. day. One the cleanse. <laughs> yeah, just a cleanse. It's like a, col- yeah. a colonic. Yeah, <laughs> just colonic. one more day. Like, like, let's just enjoy him for one more day. It's like a really, really shit sequel to The Purge where yeah, you just yeah. all lock yourselves in your house, lock your daughters away and listen to R. Kelly. Um. So I had, for my um, R&B singers on hip-hop tracks, I had um, Big Pun featuring Joe, still not a player. Good one. Um, which is just, it's just a banger. Like, Big Pun's amazing. Also, this, um, as we record, another anniversary for um, Big Pun's album. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. That. yeah. R.I.P. Big Pun, absolute ledge. Um, Gangstar featuring Casey and Jojo royalty is mm. fucking banger. And Casey and Jojo just sound amazing on on anything uh, and then rapper on an r&b track it's got to be odb mm. oh new york in the house, it's Brooklyn in the house. <laughs> it is so out of place but also just so beautifully perfect uh fantasy remix there is no there is no world in which that works like it makes no sense on yeah. any level but it's fucking perfect it's brilliant um and there's so many funny stories there was a thread going around on twitter about um mariah carey or the label were trying to basically get odb to do the, for the video right and oh, god yeah i love the story yeah yeah the story is fucking nuts like him just being an absolute like pest i'll try and dig it out and, and put it on the and um, tweet it out but it's just odb is a maverick character mariah carey even at the at that time was still quite um you know apple pie all american quite you know a good girl girl next door type thing so the clash of the two on there and also he's like his verse is just pretty pretty legendary to be honest so um so yeah i thought that was a good shout mm. good yeah. selection boys good selection right we had another question from uh, adam fincham and he asks us interested to know how highly you rate ludicrous word of mouth album was the nuts thoughts and i thought this was really interesting because um you know, we talked about lots of different artists. Um, we cover loads of different subjects. And like Ludacris is a name that never gets brought up that much. But I actually used to really, really like Ludacris. For, and this album as well was amazing. Um, but interested to get your, your thoughts on, these, on this, boys. Um, Cal, what do you think, mate? He, he went, you know, he did the Major Look remix with Nas and Jada Kiss. And he, he was in there. He competed. He may not have had the best verse, but I don't think he had the worst verse. He wasn't he wasn't a bad rapper. Um I remember listening to one of his albums years ago. Um I can't remember what one it was, but I remember thinking, yeah, this is all right. It was quite accessible. He's quite a good rapper, his beats are good, he had good guests, like he was all right. I never got into him really. I never got into any of his albums. I think we're starting to develop a reputation as hating on Southern rap a little bit. Um but I don't care. Um Um yeah, no, he's cool. He's cool. I like him. He's a cool rapper. I, I'm, I'm, I'm not an expert. I don't know his, his albums, really, but he's cool. I like him. He's all right. T? I think he's suffered from not having that definitive album. And it's the same with a lot of people in hip-hop. If you don't have that classic album for people to really cling on to, 
he's just got a bunch of really good singles, but never really had the album. But he's very talented as a rapper. Um, but word of mouth, I had a look back at the album. It's got um, Area Codes, Roll Out, and Move Bitch, which are three songs which people still rap today. So fair place, Ludicrous, for that. I think his best verse is on, um, actually, another R&B one, um, O by, by Sierra. Yeah, his yeah. verse on that was amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he did Scarface on his album. Fair play. Yeah, mate, that, that, that word of mouth album, I'd, I'd kind of, if people either have never listened to it or haven't listened to it for a while, pick it up, man. That is a good album. I think, um, what's it called? Freaky Things is on there as well, right? With, with Jagged Edge. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm going to tell you, right? And Twister. That, that, yes, that is a fucking banger. If you've never heard that, that is one for the whip, mate. Uh, absolute classic. Um, so, yeah, I actually really. I'm glad that you asked this question, Adam. Great shout. I'm going to re-listen to that album because I used to love that album. Uh, Ludacris generally is one of those... Um, I think he's really good if you give him a subject or like a theme for a song. He raps to that theme like really well. Like I'm thinking... Um, what's it called? Area Codes. Obviously the whole thing's about hoes, hotels, pimp-based like yeah. puns and wordplay like he, he that whole track is very clever um same thing with like what's your fantasy it's all about sexual positions um that track with missy elliott one minute man he like does this whole theme around kind of like being a mechanic and working on your body and all that shit he's very good at like picking a theme and like running with it right. uh, but i just think he he kind of just ran out of steam basically like he had a good little run and then he just kind of didn't really have anywhere to go if he passed Exactly. I feel that it's a means to an end. Is, is once again, he, he realised he could be an actor, so he just did that. Yeah, which yeah. Yeah, it's fair enough. Yeah, enough. Um, right. Next question was from. Yeah, thanks for that, Adam. Good question, mate. Uh, good question. Next one is from DJ Sim nineteen seventy on Twitter, and he asks, um, "Which DJ from a hip hop group has the best scratching skills?" I'd say DJ Too Tough from Tough Crew is up there, or DJ Premier from Gangstar. Um, this is an interesting one because I think this is like DJ skills is a very like not niche subject but there are a whole subsection of hip hop fans who know loads about this shit and are really into it and it's a bit like you know people who like different bands and then they'll tell you like who's their favourite guitarist and can give you like the technical reasons why and it's almost like another it's, level it's like the elements of hip hop isn't it yeah, yeah. and I, so I, I would uh, me personally like I don't think I'm uh skilled enough to be like oh th- these are the reasons like why this particular person is like better than the other person obviously so i've seen premiere live um i've seen dj scratch who was part of epmd uh-huh. um and he did basically him and jazzy jeff did an all vinyl hip-hop set i saw it in brooklyn uh, that was pretty fucking special. And they were both cutting, scratching, and doing loads of mad shit. And it was amazing. So uh, those two, probably, because I've just seen them. But outside of that, th- I can't really comment on it. Boys, I don't know if you've got anything on that side of things, T. I had DJ Scratch as well from EPMD. Um, but DJ Babu from Dilated Peoples used to be a yeah. battle DJ as well. So I'd say him... Uh, the best scratching I've heard in the record that springs to mind is um, Come With It. I feel like I mentioned previously on the podcast on the Street Fighter soundtrack. And no King Tech produced. I don't know if he was the one doing the scratching. But, um, yeah, Jazzy Jeff is amazing live and he cuts up record live as well. But it's an element from hip-hop that you just don't see as much of these days. 
Yeah, I was going to say Babu as well. He was one of my favourites. Well, long, 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 long time ago, I went to the DMC World Championships. Oh um, it was at the now now defunct Hammersmith Palais, uh, which is now getting was a it was uh, they've just smashed it down and they're turning it into um, actually they already have smashed it down and it's now uh, university um, lodgings. Um, yeah, student accommodation. Uh, but yeah, I went to the DMC World Championships. I thought that was great. I can't remember anyone that was there at all. I just remember at one point they played Ric Flair's music and I thought that was really fun. Um, <laughs> but other than that, I wasn't particularly too interested. In it. But yeah, these guys are so, so skilled. Babu was the one I was going to say. Obviously, Primo's amazing as well. I was like DJ Green Lantern. I thought he was really good. Yes, he used to put out a lot of the cool diss songs and stuff. But um, I always used to enjoy his scratching and stuff on his mixtapes as well. Good shout. Another good question. Thanks for that, mate. Appreciate it. Uh, uh, Town Spurs asks, is J. Cole closer to being overrated or underrated? I think this is like one of those ongoing hip-hop questions that will rumble on forever. Uh, you know, like, who wins the Jay-Z Nas beef? Uh, you know, who classic album shit. Uh, I think this is an unanswerable question almost. So I'll, I'll start. I think he is He's actually probably accurately rated. Like, I think most people consider him to be one of the best right now, and certainly on the long list of of kind of good, good solid rappers ever. Um, those that love him, love him. Those that don't get him, don't get him. So I think he's pretty much accurately rated, personally. Um, and if I had to pick one side, I'd say slightly underrated, or at least underappreciated. I think people mug him off a bit too much for my liking. Um, how about you, T? I never got into him, so I can't even answer the question. Um, <laughs> I like the first time I heard from him was called the Warm Up. I think that's from probably about ten, eleven years ago. But yeah. the stuff he's done since, I can't really get into it. But I probably go along with what you say, um, John, in the sense that you know, as a guy that is one of the best MCs around today, he's done a load of well-received albums. So I'd say I, w- I wouldn't say it's underrated. I mean, he's not fucking blue, is he? People, <laughs> people know who people know who the guy is. True. He's very successful, so yeah, I'd say he's accurately rated. I'd say he's, I'd say he's overrated. Um, he's yeah, I, I'm the same. I've never I've never got into him. I've never got him really. Uh, I liked his verse on the Gangstar album. Um, I liked he did a song called the Autograph, uh, which I really quite enjoyed, and that was on Friday Night Lights mixtape. I really quite enjoyed that. There's been one or two other songs that I've liked of his, but I've never got into him i think he's one of those rappers that benefits from a stan like following like logic as well logic kind of benefits as well from that kind of following people they have a really strong fan base they sell out arenas they do really really well there was a there was i saw a video i don't know if it was you guys that sent it to me and it was kevin hart and he was talking about uh kendrick and he was talking about j cole and he was saying they are they're underrated those two because they don't advertise themselves they just go out and do their thing. They don't have to advertise themselves because they have a big enough following. And mm-hmm. perhaps that's why some people think um, J. Cole's underrated is because he's not out there all the time trying to prove he's the best MC, like perhaps Jay-Z's and Nas's were back in the day. You know, the elite caliber MCs of that day. You know, if you put J. Cole in that now, along with Kendrick and even fucking Drake, you know, some people would, but God knows he, he's not because he doesn't write his own raps. But, you know, people yeah. like, you know, the elite rappers were always out there 
saying I'm the nicest MC. You know, being the king of New York was an important thing. But guys like Kendrick and J. Cole don't do that. They don't need to. And they don't want to. And J. Cole comes across as that sort of character. I don't dislike him. I think he's cool, but he's not. I've never got into him. Yeah, basically, my thoughts exactly on Kendrick Lamar. That, that's you've just summed up exactly how I feel about Kendrick Lamar. So, yeah. I'd say, and, and that's a really good point actually about that, that. That neither of them come out with these grand gestures about like I'm the best. Uh, they're not really looking for beef. They just kind of stay in their own lane, and their lane is very successful. And they're two of the biggest artists uh, in hip hop right now. So, yeah, good good points. Good question as well. Appreciate that. Um, our very own Gary Roy Smith asks, boys, looking forward to this episode. Hey Ya came on the radio the other day. Big dislike for it, but love Outcast. Got me thinking, who's the best hip-hop artist or group to release the most annoying hip-hop record? I mean, <laughs> this is kind of similar to um, you know, the question we had earlier about kind of worst songs from hip-hop legends, but I guess we can kind of broaden this out in terms of like, you know, just general hip-hop artists that have released a fucking terrible song. Um, so let's uh, let's start with you on this one, Cal. Uh, so, oh god, that's that is tough. It's similar-ish, isn't it, to yeah. to the question we've already answered? But I think I think I could I could find one. Um, annoying. We're going for annoying, aren't we? Um, I really, really hated that song. It was on Eminem's recovery album. Not afraid. I fucking hated that. Uh, that was really, really annoying. Um, and there was on on Stillmatic, which is for me right up there as Nas's first or second best album. It's up there with Illmatic for me. I fucking love Stillmatic, but Illmatic is better. Um, but on Stillmatic, he did a song. I think it was with Mary J. Blige. Um, was it Raw? Um, I think it was Raw, and I fucking hated that. It was really everybody wants to rule the world. Yeah, I thought it was Amy Marie. That was it. Fucking hated it. Trash. 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 <laughs> Garbage. Cow Garbage. basket. <laughs> cow basket. That bitch cow basket. <laughs> I'm as gay as a three dollar bill. <laughs> I may never recover from this financially. Uh, I'm gonna go straight down the barrel with this one. Kanye West, Gold Digger, is so annoying. Yeah. Just got sick of that very, very quickly. Um, and that kind of was him and the whole pitched up sample kind of thing it started getting where he got a little bit lazy with with tracks like that but again massive hit so mustn't grumble I guess uh, I like workout plan yeah I liked workout plan you well. know I hated it at first but I grew to love it and these songs I'm going to name are songs that were like that um, Gravel Pit by Wu-Tang Clan yeah hated it at the time don't mind yeah. it now yeah. Hard Not Life as I said earlier was another one Jump around by a house of pain, name, <laughs> but probably made them really successful. Kanye, there's just so many to fucking name. Yeah. I didn't like Good Life. I hated Stronger actually. I really, really hated Stronger yeah. with a passion. He just took the Daft Punk song and just rapped over it. Yeah. The first single from that album, or the first song that came out from the album, was um, Oh Can't Tell Me Nothing, which is a really good song. Yeah. But that song's almost forgotten about with the album now. The Beanie so, Siegel yeah, remix was the one on that. The what? The Beanie Siegel remix. Kanye on Can't Tell Me Nothing, Beanie Siegel did a remix and it was great. Um, Kanye's done as many bad songs as good songs. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. But he's, his good songs are fucking amazing. 
I'll give him that as much as I dislike the guy. He's, his good songs are absolutely amazing, but then he can he can make absolutely awful music. But he's bipolar, so I guess it kind of works, doesn't it? Yeah, and also yeah, makes sense in that sense. I've just um, I've just got a tweet that made me made me sick in my mouth. I've got to read it out. Go on, <laughs> go on, mate. So Sandy underscore Dover, right? Verified account as well. Oh. Griselda and Westside Guns best work to date. Ilmatic level production, very good stuff. When reviewing um, Pray for Paris, well, let's oh. talk about that, aren't we? Did we talk about that? I, I'm going to presume, right? That, that, that's a troll account. So I'm not going to get mad yet. I'm, I'm okay, but I'm going to presume that that's a troll account. Throw your phone across the room. I want to, but I love my phone. And <laughs> in this lockdown, it's hard to get a new one. So yeah, true. true. I, th- I throw it in my head. <laughs> I dropped my phone in my dinner last night. Broke the plate. Oh. Yeah, it was annoying. Lost my dinner. Uh, okay. And on that glorious note, that brings us to the end of uh, another lovely hip hop forum episode. Boys, as always, um, thank you so much. Um, if people want to follow you, where can they follow you, T? Thelonious Filth on all decent social media outlets. Bang. Cal? Mind your own fucking business. Exactly. <laughs> shut, shut your mouths. Um, <laughs> We'll see you disgusting pigs uh, when we next see you. Um, Stay safe. Wash your hands. Peace. Peace. Thank you for listening to the Notorious P.O.D., a hip-hop podcast. This was a hip-hop forum episode, so a special thank you to Cal and Tim for their insight as always. Big up to man like Grindhouse, who's made all the theme music for the show. So please follow him on Twitter and show him some love at Music Grindhouse and on Spotify by searching for Grindhouse. That's G-R-I-N-D House. Please remember to leave us a review or as we call it, your five for five. So give us a five star review and in return, you can leave us your top five favorite MCs of all time. Remember, we'll be adding all the songs mentioned and featured in our episodes on a Spotify playlist. So if you search for the Notorious Podcast Joints, you will find it. If you don't already, please follow us on Twitter at NotoriousP underscore O underscore D. On Instagram, we're at the Notorious P-O-D. And follow me on Insta and Twitter at the Real John Bass. That's J-O-N-B-A-S-S. See you next time. Peace. Peace.